Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. Good day, good evening, and happy and healthy COVID-19 transformation. Well, let's say call it transformation. We're going to call it a transition. We're going to call it a progress of a journey, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we're obviously recording this here in uh, the month of April 2020. It may not air in April. It may not air until May. We shall see. Uh, but I just want to give shout-outs to everybody who's working hard through this, not becoming a negative Nancy, staying on the positive, staying on that uh, life-changing positive mindset. That's what we all need to be doing. So uh, even if down the road COVID makes its way through and we're, we've moved on, let's remind ourselves of this, that we have a choice in what our mindset is. We have a choice in how we act day in and day out. And I'm going to tie this together into – our podcast today. So I'm obviously bringing on, yes, yet another new and exciting guest co-host. She's joining me from a totally different time zone. We'll have fun with that in a second. But let me give you a quick background on this. Uh, She's battled low self-esteem in her younger years. Uh, She suffered at the hands of an emotionally abusive husband in that time. Uh, She's refused to allow her trauma to actually dictate her future. She's saying, again, guys, pause, positive mindset, people. Um, she's now teaches the other other people that these methods that she's acquired over the years and she's figured out in this transformational process, and she's used this to rebuild her life, and she's bringing them fulfillment and helping them to fall in love with themselves again, which I think self-love is important. We've actually had a few other guest co-hosts bring this up on the show, and um One of her taglines on her site, which we'll do some screen sharing tonight for the listeners, we do this on YouTube and Facebook, is uh, she's all about helping you heal, and keyword here, thrive after abuse. So without further ado, welcome to the show, our new guest co-host. We're going to have some fun two-way conversation tonight. Sarah Griffiths, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Now let's pause and let, because I hinted about the time zone. Yes. So help people understand this. I, I am talking into the future, correct? Yes. Yes, because so it is tomorrow in, for you. <laughs> it, I'm in Western Australia, and it has just gone 6 o'clock on Saturday morning. There we go. So, And right now it is 6.14 p.m. here on the east coast of USA. So you're literally a half a day ahead of me, mathematically. So let me ask you, Sarah, and we might be experiencing some delays we shall see um why do you love podcasting and as i hinted ladies and gentlemen there was a slight delay due to a technical difficulty uh we're gonna go ahead and blame covid sorry because everybody else is blaming covid we're gonna call this a uh technology strain since everybody's doing selfie videos facebook lives and probably everything else in the world to really beat down the internet bandwidth. So anyway, as I was asking, I wanted to find out for you, the listeners, why Sarah has gotten into the podcast world and also is uh, starting some of her own side projects. So Sarah, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I started doing, going on more podcasting and also I'm starting my own. Um, there it is. That's what I like to hear. Somebody's new own show. Yes. Yeah, yeah exciting new project so it's just it's such a great way to get an important message out there 
it's a very easy way to reach lots of people. And I just find we, when I'm on podcasts, it's so interesting because every host, every audience, they want something different. And you get to say things in different ways and, and just, I just get to meet such great people as well. Um, but I, I, do, I do love the varied experience of meeting the different podcast hosts. I like your point just now on meeting different types of people. And yeah. I, I want to pause on that because obviously, as I hinted, we're recording this during the, the midst of the whole COVID thing. You yourself have been like self-quarantining. There's been a lot of things going on. And since I'm the tech guy, I run sales and marketing for a lot of companies. I teach people like, guys, like this is totally... I hate to say it, a first world benefit slash first world problem because we could still be reaching out. We could still be connecting with people. We could still be publishing and putting out the positive stuff, the content the world needs. There's enough negative stuff out there. So like you coming on today, like you just came off or you're still in. I'll let you clarify in a second. Uh, the whole self-quarantine thing. And but again, this is digital. We're fine. You're not spreading yeah. anything. There's no there's no risk, but you still have a verbal message to share. Yeah, that that doesn't change, does it? No. But so. aren't some people afraid to get out there? I mean, let, let's be let's let's get transparent here. I know I was a little bit. I, I was a voracious consumer of podcasts and audiobooks. And then I was like, oh man, I don't know. Do I launch my own show? Do I mm -hmm. not? Ooh, what what do I do? Uh, what 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 happened for you on that one? I just got to the point because it was a part of my business growth, mm -hmm. and I actually had well, you know yourself that once we start down this road of growth and personal development and self actualization, it doesn't stop. You don't get to the point where you suddenly go, oh, I'm over that now, or I've healed that, or I've stopped that horrible behavior you become a, a different person within that space, but then you're on to the next thing. It, it just, it, it's, it just, it's infinite. It doesn't stop. It doesn't. And it to, to sometimes an annoyance because you're like, Oh my God, what did I get myself absolutely. into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you just, yeah. You've opened the floodgates. You can't stop. And everyone warns you about that in the beginning. So at the end of last year, I had this massive aha moment about my business that I, I was fully booked one-on-one, -on -one, really busy, all these great clients, great results and everything. And then I had this aha moment that it wasn't just about doing the therapy with the clients, that I had an obligation, a responsibility to, to spread this message about an alternative thought, form of therapy that works so much faster and to just draw attention and to make some noise about the change that was going on or should be going on um, with, within the approach to mental health. And once I'd had that thought, it's like once you know something, you can't unknow it. So ever since then, I've been thinking, okay, how do I, how do, I do this? How do I get this message out there? And the whole the podcast idea came to me and I just thought, yeah, that is a, that is a great way. Um, I've, as you say, we've got to April now. I've been ignoring it for a few months thinking that just looks like such a lot of work that there's a lot to do and it's is been it, in my mind. But is it 
I don't I, know. I'll find out, won't I? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Because you don't know yet. I mean, that's why that's why it's exciting. That's why I'm having fun with this with you because I'm like, oh, she's about to step into that world that yeah. I did so long ago. Um, and there's some hacks to that. And, and, and obviously, reach out to me. And obviously, I, I honor all my guest co-hosts because you're helping share the mic with me and our listeners today. And you know, we don't advertise on the show for that reason. I want to keep it pure. I want to keep the content real. It's not being powered by anybody else but our listeners and yeah to be feel it's to be real yeah nowadays for almost four years into it yeah i do want i have a va now just helping with that because i'm not necessarily officially generating income off my podcast i've acquired a couple of clients because of it uh which i never i mean i always thought like oh, that'd be cool if that happened because everybody's like oh well, how do you monetize your show and i'm like um if you're getting into this game just to monetize, you have the wrong idea. Yeah. And I, I have no problem being a purist on that because, and I want to tie this back to you. When you and I talked the other night, I had no idea when the other night slash other morning for you, uh, but I had no idea that you and I were going to connect so well because uh, for my regular listeners, uh, shout out to Debbie. Um, she, she's a colleague and a friend, thanks to some mutual clients who we've been trying to free her of domestic violence. And this was right before the whole Corona COVID thing, before the lockdowns happened, everything. And we were just trying to raise her $7,300 on a GoFundMe campaign. And, uh, and that was really, I asked her like, what do you need? What do you need to free yourself of your abusive husband? What do you need to just start fresh? And she was like 7,300. I'm like, that's it. Like I've run GoFundMe cam campaigns and and Kickstarters uh, for my clients, and, and recently uh, a movie <laughs> that we crowdfunded, and we're like, uh, uh, really? I, I raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. You need seventy three hundred dollars to start your life over. That doesn't seem unrealistic. Now, granted, unfortunately, thanks to Corona and everything else, uh, we're a little bit paused right now. We're only we're just over five thousand of the seventy three hundred dollar goal. So for my regular listeners, I have to give that a plug. Uh, if you want to learn more about Debbie's predicament, um, visit bit.ly forward slash free Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, -E, uh, because that'll give you the GoFundMe campaign we have for her. And let me tell you, she the money we raised already, she's already hired a lawyer. She's met with a lawyer. She's laid the groundwork. But then Corona COVID steps in and they're on lockdown. So she's stuck in her current living situation sarah with the guy who abuses her uh yeah. not, not physically but emotionally psychologically on a daily basis because he's an alcoholic he's a drunk and clearly somebody that if i ever met in a real world i might put through a wall um sorry can't help it what are your thoughts sarah <laughs> why am i bringing all this up because this totally connects obviously to something you're very passionate about yeah, well, I mean, the work that I do, um, I don't think we've told the listeners yet what I do. No, nope. I try to so set I'm the a, stage for you. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a very specialized trauma and abuse therapist. And you're right, I have a, from my own experience, plus my professional learning, I have developed an incredibly unique uh, methodology that helps people get very fast results in um, overcoming the emotional impact of abuse. And it is horrific. It totally diminishes a person, undermines them to the 
to the degree where they are literally quite paralyzed um, and just feel like they can't do anything in their life. Um, and my link to Debbie, of course, is not only an understanding of what she's going through and why, um, but I've had this in my own marriage. So I'm a definite, the work I do, I'm a product of my own experiences. And one of the very interesting thing is that as Corona broke, um, I'd actually started um, my own five month journey. I was supposed to be abroad, um, putting to the test, can I work and travel? Because my work is virtual, all my sessions are online. Can I work and travel? And coronavirus um, obviously cut that short. And I've had to come back to my home in Western Australia and the emotionally abusive relationship that I had left. Now, in fairness, I'm not in Debbie's situation because my husband, probably because of the work I do as well, he is working on himself. Oh, He's doing so this work is, on I, this. I love this. Let's pause on this. Yeah. People underestimate the power of self-work. I've actually, I, again, I was so looking forward to this show because this ties together with so many things. Like I'm actually an asshole. Uh, I, I'll, I'll throw it out there because I love my wife. Um, like I'm a bit of a dick sometimes and I have no problem telling people now on my show, thanks to Power Podcasting, I'm completely transparent. Like I didn't tell you this. My wife broke up with me uh, just before the one year anniversary of dating. And this was only a few years ago. Like I'm, she calls me the old man because I'm 42. And I'm like, really? But she's five years younger. But I love sharing this because of what you just said is I didn't realize from my couple of years of firefighting and be, and before that I was an uptight corporate guy. I was just driven, 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 blinders on, no room for romance. So I never had that opportunity of growth in my personal self. Right. And then it took obviously why I decided to propose and marry her, my wife to break up with me, but awaken that. And I was in my late thirties at that point, like 38, 37, 38. And I was like, Whoa, why is this upsetting me so much? Why did this shake me? I never had, I was never phased by this. And I realized like one, you've been done, doing a lot of dumb crap for a long time. Now, granted, I've never been abusive, but I was not allowing her access to my heart. I was in okay. the, the walls are up, blah, blah, blah. So because I studied psychology in college, I can thank this. I tell people my degree is in marketing and psychology. I can thank the psychology. I tell people all the time, like everything I do now professionally that I teach people does not come from my degree. If you think you want to hire me because I have a BS in marketing, great. I, I You're reading prints that means nothing. But I do appreciate the sciences that I acquired from that. Philosophy and psychology were very, very right. impacting on me. But back to you, Sarah. That's why I'm sharing this because like my wife's like, you're an asshole. Um, you're uptight. You're not unlocking yourself. And I've been there and done that for nine years with her prior relationship. She's like, I'm ready to move on. So like three months went by. But here's the difference. Thanks to my self-work and my business, professional development, everything else, where I had reached in my life, I paused and I was like, whoa, did I even give her and I a chance? One. Mm -hmm. Two, is it her fault, my fault, or both? And then three, I've spent all this money on professional development, right? Attending conferences, sales, coaching, marketing, all this stuff, audiobooks, launched the podcast, and all this stuff. And I was like, 
you've done no self-work, like personal self-work. So for the next 90 days, the three months, that's why I, I didn't really, I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to distract the podcast here. This is for Sarah's benefit too. I didn't realize we we're going to go here. <laughs> Dude, I was buying like texture X back programs off the internet and like all this weird hack stuff, trying to figure it out. And I bought the crap. I watched all the videos, read all the junk, the blog, these private blogs. And then I realized I wasted a bunch of money, one, but two, it actually awakened to myself. Like you've been ignoring all of these personal issues in your life, right? You closed right. off friends, family, you, you protected yourself while you were firefighting, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I, I'm an adrenaline junkie. And here was my one quote that I love using to this day. I'm intrigued to hear your feedback. I'll hand the bike back to you. But I was like, holy crap, Scott, you skydived. You've served as one of the most world's most dangerous firefighters in the world as a wildland firefighter. Um, I've done a lot of crazy stuff. And yet, I never risked my heart. Oh. And that was my quote. So I, 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 that, that hit my brain like an explosion years ago. And again, my wife and I have been together for maybe six years. We've been married as of this St. Patrick's Day 2021 year. So we're very fresh. But that was my epiphany. It took her to pull my head literally out of my ass. And, and I say this all the time because I have no problem. I, my head's on my butt a lot. Uh, people need to be more real about, the, about their problems. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God. I did not risk my heart. Like I was always bragging about this skydive, this mountain biking race, this crazy wildfire we're on, you know, all this adrenaline junkie, tough guy crap. And then I realized, wait a minute, there was no vulnerability. It was all adrenaline junkie, no vulnerability. And then my wife and a few other girls I met, probably like you, were like, do you realize how hot vulnerability is? And I was like, what? That's a thing? And they're like, yeah, your head is really far up your ass. So, so there's a giant platter, Sarah, for you of me, your, you, me, your oh, co-host tonight. I figured what you would enjoy I, that. So what am I supposed to do with all of that? I don't know. Me? I'm here to so. challenge you as a professional. <laughs> <laughs> but how, what it does highlight, you see, people just think that so, people look at what's going on in their lives, their relationships and the things that are so difficult for them. And the answer is self. It is always, always about you. Always. Now, even when I look at my relationship with my husband, now it's about four years ago that we started to explore. I started to explore his narcissism. I was going to pause on that. Did you trigger yeah. that or him? Okay. I know. I, I triggered it. We've been working on it together for a couple of years. I've been working it on it for longer because I got to the point where I was, people describe it and, and I completely understand what I was broken. I felt broken. I felt as if I had nothing else to give. It was just the whole relationship, my whole life, everything was so hard and I couldn't work so out So he, he had drained you or you drained yourself yeah. or yeah, which, yeah, which one drained, is that? He had, he had drained me of all of my resources all of my energy of, of trying to make this work, trying to be good enough, trying to get him to see me, to hear me, to love me, 
to appreciate me. Um, so he'd drained me of all of that. And that is emotionally and physically draining. But what it does as well, it drains you. Well, my sense of self was already damaged from my past. And this was, I realized that this was just feeding into that. This was just confirming everything I thought I already knew about myself. And the important thing is that I went to see um, a, a therapist, this is about four years ago now, who listened to me for a very long time and was the first person to suggest that aside from my issues with my past, which I hadn't then dealt with, um, I was probably dealing with a narcissist. Ah, and, and that, that that's was, how you and I had an amazing epiphany the other night with Free Debbie, because yeah. I had brought up the term gaslighting. And uh, I, th yes. I thought, because Debbie's from Louisiana, I thought it was like this weird, like New Orleans, you know, whatever French influenced, uh, you know, New Orleans, yes. like Louisiana thing. And I, and then I Googled it while I was launching the GoFundMe campaign, thinking that it was an important definition and boom, like my light bulb went off. I was like, Oh my God, I had no idea. This was yes. directly tied to one of the most dangerous psychological traits in mankind. And I, and I have no problem emphasizing that. You can correct me, but I'm going to emphasize it. Like narcissism can be quite debilitating, negative across the board. And I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea that was a direct uh, connection. Well, yeah, not just that it can be, but if you really get involved with someone who is a narcissist, you have to remember that what defines them is a lack of empathy, hmm. a lack of understanding. So for most of us, if we do something that hurts someone, <sighs> We, we all have selfish traits. Let's say that we all, we all it's looking true. for something for ourselves some of the time. And sometimes and it's not a bad up. thing, right? It's no, okay from time no. to time to put yourself yes. first. Absolutely. Well, and also, I mean, it's always okay to put yourself first when you are in a certain place, when you are coming from a motivation of where you are in a great place and but where you are caring and considerate of the other people in your life. Hmm. And you actually get to a very, very balanced place where people know and respect your boundaries and barriers. And you're just living in this lovely flow of harmony and giving and balance and receiving. And then it's okay to put yourself first because you're always considering other people, but within your boundaries and your barriers. Okay. And everyone knows what they are. So it, it feels right to everyone. And believe me, you can get to there. But with narcissism, the other person, they don't have this, they don't have these stop gaps. They don't have this, now I've gone too far. Now I've really hurt that person. Hmm. Oh my goodness, how do I fix this? All they have is a take, take, take. And they have no comprehension at all of the hurt and the damage that they are doing along the way. My husband is better than he was, but is still capable of doing things that just leave me absolutely speechless. So and let, let, can we pause later, on that? Yeah. I mean, it's because that's what I'm hearing is there's some frustration. And obviously, I am not the counselor, consultant, blah, blah, blah. I'm just hearing it and I'm feeling it. And I'm sure there's other people that are hearing this and probably have seen it or felt it themselves and maybe they didn't realize it. And that's something that I learned from Debbie is, is that mm -hmm. she's like, she 
12 years. Like this got worse over 12 years. Uh, this was not her first husband. It was her second husband. But over 12 years, it steadily got worse. And it's like, wow. Okay. I mean, so people don't realize that, yes, it's fine to put yourself first, which narcissists definitely do. But the gaslighting thing that I learned from her that you also emphasized to me the other night was that is that is literally, uh, how do I word it, negatively impacting social programming. Like they're literally programming you to yeah. make you feel because they have zero empathy. You are correct. There's no empathy whatsoever. So they don't, it doesn't even hit their brain. It's like, it doesn't even register. And then, so from that, they then go right to making you think that you're the one at fault for everything. Yeah. That's what I learned from Debbie. That, yeah. The, the number one that you are wrong, mm-hmm. um, but that you are guilty. Yeah. Like they, even though, even though that dude or, or, or woman or woman, there's, there's female narcissists too. Right. But like, even though they yeah, knew yeah. they screwed up, they don't know they screwed up because they think they don't do anything wrong and they have no empathy. So it's automatically your fault and they're going to program as much as possible to make you think it's your fault. Yeah. So can I draw, I wouldn't normally do this. I mean, do I it. Come on, girl. Politics, but yeah, do you, you, you have a, a, a certain president and almost every sentence he says does that. Oh yeah. Oh no, come on. We all make fun of it over here. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, it's sad that we have to make a joke out of it, but it's okay. Yeah. Dude, the guy's a total it, narcissist. Come on. It, yeah. yeah it, 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 every word that comes out of his mouth is deflecting mm-hmm. from himself. He even, if you watch things, even though, even from day to day, he will totally change his story and not yeah. even know that he's done it. And we don't and get political yeah. on this show. I think it's oh, important to sorry. identify that. No, it's fine. I, I, I like where you went with this because there's no apologies here. It's it's a natural flow. Come on. What what I'm going with here is 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 triggering it back to the psychology. It's understanding and it you know, this show didn't really necessarily predict it to becoming an awareness thing, but let's tie that back to Debbie and also yeah. you and other people out there. Okay. Clearly, you get this, you understand this, and you love working with people. And we're going to do some more sharing about that. But I think the biggest awakening I'm getting right now is that is the awareness component. Is I don't want to undervalue that. A lot of people don't understand that there's people in your life right now that possibly are doing these things. Yeah. But it comes across so smoothly that you've never been, I guess, awakened to it because it hasn't gotten that bad yet, maybe. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Does it have to get bad to get awakened people or do people become awakened in other ways too? Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's various things to do with that because it, it can also, you have to remember it becomes familiar. Oh, ah. it, yeah. it becomes familiar or it may already be familiar hmm. because we get drawn to the familiar. So often people are in relationships that are just repeating a childhood pattern. And it's so familiar that they don't know anything else. Um, This is what they have learned to expect. It's what they saw. It's what was modeled to them. But also people have a very, people um, who are drawn to narcissists like myself, you know, repeating, I wasn't repeating a narcissistic pattern. Um, I don't want to put that on my parents, Um, but I was definitely drawn to it. Because I was used to being... I'll put it on my parents. Does that make you feel any better? Like, my dad was never wrong. I mean, yeah. Come on. 
Yeah, I can't. You no, know, I don't. I love no, I my dad. I do. He he but... softened much later in his later years now, but I'm like, come on, dad, you never did anything wrong. Come on. <laughs> and and you and I I totally understand that my the clients that I tend to have these days they're products of their relation that of their childhoods. And, and to, on the whole, they were emotionally and sometimes physically and sexually abusive, mm. but emotionally where they were, as you say, they had parents who, who could not be wrong. Now, as a child, that teaches you that you can't be right. Yeah, very good you, point, right? Like you feel like you're always making mistakes. Yeah. You feel yes. like you're always, um, oh, maybe a failure, right? That's gotta be psychologically debilitating. As as a child, you don't. When you are in this situ in this situation, you're not thinking, "Oh well, you know, they're my parents. They they're adults, and when I'm an adult, I'll be able to think for myself and say what I want." And no, you get you get undermined, you get diminished, you get closed down, depending on how it's done. But when it's done in a very controlling, domineering, narcissistic, real putting down words way you know where children are they're called names and they have the most horrible things said about them mm-hmm. um and they take it on board it becomes their their childhood blueprint they think they have no value no worth um they have no way to express themselves it shows up in so many ways and then they go on because they have this low sense of themselves literally uh, no sense of themselves they repeat that pattern and um, you find people in narcissistic relationships have some kind of emotional abuse in their background yeah it's i will say i thought definitely much more about this after you and i had our first chat because this is not the first time we've talked about this on the show we've all hit it probably in different different ways um i, I liked your background because I mean, unfortunately, you've had a personal connection to this. And I think that probably adds, because I'm a marketing guy, I can't help it, that adds to your validity and your branding. And I think it's important that you do, I'm glad that you do put that out there. So kudos to you, because a lot of people are afraid. They're not, maybe they're concerned about being too true and too transparent. And I've always reminded people, when it comes to a branding or marketing or a business standpoint, um, hello, the more true and transparent you can be, the more attracting you are, the more real you are. Uh, I, I've learned that over the years. Uh, and I've been in the business world for a long time. And I, I, I've had to learn this myself. It's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I could be real and be myself and attract the right people and not deal That's... with any more of these fake people. So yeah. th- this totally applies to our personal lives and our professional lives, right? But we... You see, what society teaches us is this model of perfection. Mm. You know, we that we have to be perfect. Do you and not again, like the word perfection? Because I'm I'm trying to push that out of my vocabulary. I've been trying for years. Like I, I now I now use the word. I hate using the word hate. What do you think, Sarah? But I'm like I hate the word perfection. Yes, so do I. Awesome. Because it's very damaging. It's very damaging because it doesn't exist. Thank you. And you would not believe how many clients I have simply because in their childhood, they were taught that they needed to be perfect. They were trying to be lovable. They were trying, they were trying to achieve the love that they needed or get the love they needed from their parents by being exactly what their parents needed. 
And when they had narcissistic parents, it wasn't possible. Hmm. And it teaches us, a, a, number one, it teaches us um, something warped about love, that we can only be loved when we are exactly what someone else needs, which again undermines and diminishes ourselves. Um, and it just buys into this whole idea that you're not good enough. But this comes to when you're trying to be open and raw and real and vulnerable, like I do, like I'm really honest about what has happened. But you have to totally put aside a fear of being judged because some people will judge you. Absolutely. Oh, sure. That's inevitable. Um, yeah. Uh, but again, this idea that you have to put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm not perfect and encourage other people to do the same. And it was you just said about you will attract the right people. Hmm. And that's really important to understand as well, because there is going to be a backlash like this whole narcissism. Oh, yeah, you're going to you're going to rip your world apart. I yeah, mean, it's, there's, yeah. people don't people don't like it when my husband and I we did it jointly. I never told anyone about my husband's behavior, not hmm. only my close friends. So my close friends have known for a few years. But I never told any of his friends because you have to remember narcissists don't do this in front of other people. Oh, no, That's it's totally private. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. People just would never. So so it's always a surprise. Yeah. They, they polish they the exterior and destroy their interior is the way I put they, it. They, they polish it even to the degree that they, they shine. They're on a pedestal. Hmm. Normally, they've got an amazing talent that people respect and admire. My husband's a fantastic musician. He's a great golfer. You know, people love him. Hmm. People love him. They're kind of drawn to him. So when we did this, we did a couple of videos at his suggestion because um, he said he wanted to, to help men who wanted to change. Yeah. Um, he's done much with that. But then there's a huge backlash from sure. his friends and his family. They think it's probably think, you affecting they, him. They yeah. think it's me. Yeah. They think that somehow I have made him do this. Yeah, like, that I'm parading him, that I'm showing him up. Yeah. It's it was bizarre. It was absolutely I'll I'll be a face for that. I, I've never been that I, I was like I gave you some of my backstory. I tell people like I'm not trying to make like in the I'm not that bad. I'm just saying that I'm not trying to make it a tiering system or anything, but it's like, guys, anyway, whether you're here, 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 I don't care where you're at in the narcissistic scale. The most important thing you do, and I and I actually I learned this from another great mentor, is that listen, if you're naturally a narcissist, it's not the end of the world. I, I'm not trying to just destroy somebody who might actually I take it as a compliment now. I'm like, if people think I have a little bit of a narcissistic trait, I'm like, actually, from all the studying I've done. You can channel that for very, very strong professional skill sets as long as you are willing to stay personally aware and accountable for the negative side effects of that and work on that. If you choose to ignore yeah. that and be a complete asshole, you get what you deserve. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and that's where I have no problem putting myself in that position. Like, okay, I was willing to do the self-work. Your husband has started doing some of the self-work. And I think that's important to kind of rewind back to earlier in the show when you brought that up is that now free Debbie, right? We want to remove Debbie from the situation. This guy thinks he's done nothing wrong. He's an alcoholic. She's, yeah. she's in her sixties. She needs to get out of there. So no. And the, and the, and obviously my husband did that for a very long time. Hmm. You know, it's only probably the last, 
maybe the last eight months. I mean, I'm saying we've been looking at this for a couple of years. That's when I first broached with him. Okay. When I when I'd spoken to about four different therapists who'd said to me, "Oh, look, you you know whether it's diagnosed or not, there's some very strong traits here. Um, you're, you're dealing with narcissism." Um, so he's he's working on that, but it's not easy, and he doesn't always see himself. And here's the really important thing: he did not see it at all until he did a hypnotherapy session with me. Yeah, and that's a big so, part of your brand, obviously. Is that I think yeah. that's that's one of your biggest awakenings. I was going to screen share again before, as we approach towards the end of the show here. Is that I thought it was more important today to give people more of the backstory, give people more of like I want to make sure people can connect with you. They know that you're real, right? Anybody can go to Sally G. That's right. People listening to Sally G, the letter G dot com. Um, and right now I'm screen sharing your resources section on your oh, site. You. Um, but you have right here, you outline why you have a lot of hypnos hypnosis and hypnotherapy Q&A. So go ahead. Uh, you were saying about how you kind of awakened your husband. Yeah, so it was very interesting. So the work that he's doing, it, it's not that you have to understand with narcissism that it's only 1% of people with, let's say they're high on the scale on an eight to 10, eight mm -hmm. to 10. There, there are kind of 10 main traits of narcissism. And once someone's got about eight of them, especially the lack of empathy, the lack of empathy. So there's very, very few narcissists that are ever going to understand that they are hurting people and to want to change because it's all about self. They just can't see it. So my husband, it didn't start with him looking at me and saying, oh my goodness, I'm making my wife really unhappy. I need to do something about that. All that had just gone completely over his head for forever. Mm. He had no concept of it. Even if we tried to talk about it, it would just water off a duck's back. Um, and one day he said to me, can you do a session with me? Because I want to understand why I'm so unhappy. Oh, so it was about interesting. Him. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Why am I so unhappy? So I did this session with him. And what we uncovered was it, it was really amazing. We uncovered this feeling that he didn't deserve to be happy. And then we looked at where that came from, what that was about. That's interesting because I've heard that statement many times over the only, only actually the past five years, I think, because I have advanced to more of a, I'm working with a lot more high-end professional people now. And I've, I learned that in the past five years that a lot of the top high performers yeah. are because of that exact reason, the way they were brought up back to your point on childhood is yeah. that nothing was ever good enough. Yeah. And therefore you don't deserve this, this feeling of not deserving. It runs through such a high proportion of my clients, but they don't know it's there. They don't know what it is that is stopping them. Like I will have people come to me and say, I've got all this success, but I can't enjoy it. Or I, I can't develop. I can't. Why am I not happy? Why can't I enjoy? Why do I feel so guilty about having what I've got? And it's this sense of not deserving that we uncover in the hypnosis. They don't know it's there, like my husband. Hmm. But that was a huge thing for him because when he started to process that, he actually came, he said, Well, I actually feel like I don't deserve to be happy. And if I don't deserve to be happy, you don't either. Wow. And it was the 
start of this whole other, where is this behavior coming from? And this whole realization that it was about what he felt he deserved, why he felt that, where it came from, how it was translating into his life, how it was affecting his relationship with me. It was huge. But obviously from there then, he's got to do the work. The, the realization is one thing, but then he's got all these ingrained behavior patterns that he has to not just do something about, but recognize and uncover and then do something about. Yeah. And this is hard. There's a reason it's called doing the work, doing the inner work. I was going to say, like, I literally, you could probably, you probably watched my head tilt down. I'm literally here. I, I keep a notepad. I'm old school. I keep a notepad during my shows because if something truly stands out to me, I want to make sure I note it that I literally just wrote awareness dash as you were saying it, do the work. I was already thinking do the work as you said it. And I was like, yes. oh, dude, I just connected hardcore um, because I've learned that and I have an unfair advantage. And even then I remind people like, guys, like I'm still doing the work. Like what I mentioned earlier with my wife and everything else, like guys, we just passed one year wedding anniversary. The work never stops. Anything, mm -hmm. uh, let me let me pause on this. Personal, professional, I care about health, business and lifestyle on the show. Actually, this is a great timing because we are coming to the end of the show. I have to get, get on another show. Um, but, but Sarah, like something I'm truly passionate about. My tagline for this show is we fuel your health, business and lifestyle, right? Well, I'm sorry, anything, here's where I'm going with this, anything worth having, anything worth achieving, and anything worth anything worth truly enjoying comes with doing the work, hard work. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, there's a saying, isn't there, that we are all a work in progress. Ah, I like that. Nice transition. Yeah. Yes. And the work in work progress means there's no such thing as perfection. We can there's... always improve. We can always grow. And, you know, progress, every step we take is progress and every step just takes us further, but the journey never finishes. It becomes better. It becomes easier. You move from, I think you move from a stage where you're trying to overcome all the things about yourself and your life that you don't like. You're trying to heal past hurts, reconcile yourself to changing your behavior patterns, and then you move into abundance. Hmm but you're still working in abundance, generating more and more and more. Yeah, I just had an epiphany just now. And I'm like, you know, we would talk about narcissism. We've been talking about fulfillment, abundance. And I never thought about it in this frame of mind, but just now I just realized like, wait a minute, it must suck to live narcissistic. And, yes. and go with me on this because I'm like, wait a minute, if you think that you're already perf perfect, and that everything is already perfect, everybody else can't keep up with you, that's a pretty actually boring life. Because if you've already psychologically connected to a point where you think you know everything and that everything you do is right, then what the hell else do you have in life? There's no growth. There's no yeah. progress. And I Absolutely. never thought about it until just, just now. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, look at where my husband's trigger came from. Can you can you help me look at why I'm so unhappy? Yeah. You know? He didn't realize so, it. He, yeah. He's like, wait a so, minute, I uh, thought everything was awesome. Why am I so unhappy? Like, oh, everything is awesome, but I'm clearly not happy. 
Hmm. Something I do want to say that's really important to anyone else who's dealing with narcissism. Oh, yes. Yeah, please do. It's, it's different for me. Okay. I, I know how to handle this. Um, my self-worth, my self-confidence, everything is through the roof. I stand my ground. I've got incredible barriers and boundaries and protection mechanisms um, that are there automatically. But you developed for me. that over time. I've developed that. Yeah. So trying to help, like living with my my husband, um, having to come back, it's not easy. But it's much easier than it was. He has had to temper his behaviors enormously simply because I don't I don't allow it because there's things he just can't do he just can't get away with anymore um but if you're not in that situation for someone who is still in that diminished controlled um that's incredibly difficult what I'm doing working through this with my husband is not what I encourage most people to do certainly not on their own only do it with the support of someone else and if you and he are doing the work and if he's not doing the work then do the work on yourself so you can move on to something else my situation is not what i would encourage people to do and i'm making that absolutely clear i, I think i'm in a position where i can handle it it's fine for me and again, it's not what we chose. It goes back to what you're saying about Debbie being coronavirus has, has caused me to come back to this abusive, emotionally abusive situation that I had left. But you're prepared now, for it. it it's, I'm prepared for it. And it's, it's so much better even than when I went away. Hmm. I went away for seven weeks. It was meant to be for five months. And it is so much better. But I think what's made it better is that I came back and I was, even in that time, I was different. Hmm. And what I will and won't allow um, is, is so crystal, crystal clear. And the boundaries are so high that it has to be different. That, that's it. But I, yeah, please don't try I, and I love me. that clarification. And thank you for don't being so me. honest because you are correct. Yeah. Like even before we had this show, I knew that, you can tell you built up some resiliency uh, yeah, and you've, yeah. been, you've been through a few war stories. Um, but to your point, okay, you've got the experience now. You've got yeah. some confidence that Absolutely. you know you can control, hopefully, continually control the situation. But yeah. that doesn't mean people like Debbie and our Free Debbie Project yeah. and other, other people out there are ready for that. But don't, don't, don't get overly confident. It. <laughs> no. And, and I've become the person who can do that. Yeah. That's part of my journey. That's who I've become as well as my professional knowledge and training. Um, you know, I can spot manipulation and gaslighting and the, the second, and he only has to get a few words out of his mouth of, uh, that might be going down that route. And I'm like, I'm on to it. You're ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, if, I got you. <laughs> absolutely. Don't even think about saying what I know you're going to say mm. because it's, don't well, even go there. I can say, good for you. I, I'm impressed, seriously, honestly impressed that you have built up that resiliency and the confidence to recognize that and identify that and not be taken advantage by that. Uh, because, and, I, and I'm glad you, you were overly confident in what you just said and reminding our listeners, like, just because you have achieved that does not mean everybody yeah. else is ready for that. Guys, whoa. 
protect yourself. Even De- my, my friend Debbie, like she's not yeah, going to stay in that got- situation. No. Yeah. 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 So th- she had to get I, out. I just think that's important. I'm not saying that you can't do it. Of course you can do it. I've done it. And the, the other important thing is I, I actually have a really good blog about this on my website. We get so taken in by people who say they are going to change. And we just kind of leave it at that and expect that they're going to change. And I wrote a blog recently. I think it's um, can a narcissist pieces. really change? No. Which no. one is it? That there's something about. Um, I'll just put my glasses. Or this on. one here is five step checklist for when yeah, an abuser promises. Yeah, yeah. That, and that I think is really really useful. So that and aired March fourteenth, twenty twenty. There we go. And it's something you must put in place when you're with someone who says they will change. You, you can't just leave that go. You can't just hope that it's going to happen. There are things that you have to do. To, to you have to identify it. You have to catalog it, confirm that the changes are happening. Yep. Yeah. And, and just make sure they do. You know, it's like if someone says they are going to change, okay, how are you doing it? How are you going to do this personal work? Who is going to help you? What are we looking for? What's your motivation? What's your reason? What's the outcome that you need? What do I need? Is it, there are so many things that I love your clarification out. here. Motivation. Check why the person wants to change. I, yeah, I, yeah. I do this in business. I will not bring on a client unless they have given me. I ask them, like, guys, if you never thought about it before, I'm going to hold you accountable now. What is your why behind why yeah. you're going through all of this? Because guess what? Launching a business or a brand is hard work. Just like changing yourself and transforming yourself for somebody other and trying to defeat and overcome your negative narcissistic traits, not easy. It's a commitment. But here's how I justify it, whether it's nutrition, diet, again, health business lifestyle, Sarah, you'll appreciate this, right? Unless your why is so bulletproof that you're you're not ready. Like you have to bulletproof that why because this is gonna get hard. And if you've got an easy way out, it's not gonna work. Yeah. And when we're talking about what we were talking about, motivation, because people will say in the moment, in the moment, they don't want you to leave. And they probably don't want you to leave because that would be in your best interest. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about about themselves. They're thinking, oh, I don't want this person to leave. And they'll they'll see it as a failure in their life, not your life. And they're like, wait a minute, I'm failing because they're leaving me. And that's going to disrupt their perfection. Yeah. And some people don't want you to leave because they're addicted to the control. Mm. If you leave, they've lost control and it has nothing to do with love. It's all about attachment, which is a whole other thing. Um, But yeah, so this big, I'm glad you brought that up. This whole thing, when you ask someone, what's your motivation? Your motivation is I don't want you to leave. Okay. If you don't want me to leave, then what I need ongoing is, Mm. is this, is this acceptable to you? Is this what you want for me, for us? And yes or no, okay, if yes, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to make sure that this is where we get to? Do you see it's very easy for people to, oh, don't do that, I'll change. Yeah. And people go, okay, great, fine. Because it saves leaving your home, your friends, your environment, your dog, your kids, your it's like me, what people say to me, oh, why are you doing so much work with him? 
I, I, why should I, I don't want to leave my home, my dog, my kids, no. my environment, my friends. And if he's willing my, to recognize it and awaken himself to it, that's a step in the right direction. And uh, because when we leave a person, we don't just leave the person. There's, there's so much that goes with that, True. especially when you get to like my and, age. And I maybe mean, he maybe... needed, he needs you to transform him and, and awaken him. That's what I'm hearing yeah, and seeing. And I'm not going to be responsible for that. He no. has to be responsible for that, yeah. but I can, I can support him in that, but only, there is only so much, there True. is only so much time that I will give it. You know, I had left for five months and I left for seven months last year. Right. So, right. You know, he, I, he I either wants to change or he doesn't. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it's well, like I, me full circle back to me and my story, my wife, like, it's like, she never would have agreed to redate me, let alone accept my engagement. And then obviously marry me unless she has seen the fact that I want to put the work in. Yes. Yes. So, well, That's I mean, I, I, listen, I've had a blast here today, Sarah. I mean, immediately in three minutes after get ready for another show, I've had, I'm glad uh, other than the, the quick technical difficulty, you shared some powerful words, some some powerful okay. truth today. Thank you. Uh, this is why I love podcasting. I, I'm connecting with people from all over the world and people like you who care this much and want to put the word out there. Uh, well, But here's one thing I do ask. My guest co-host, I asked him to close out the show. Now, technically, you already threw out a pretty good, strong point there at the end, like wanting to clarify these certain things. But uh, this is something new that I've transformed over the past three to four years. And now I, I used to ask for final words, but now I ask for really have a legacy message, right? Like, okay, like it doesn't have to be something amazing, but it's like, okay, well, why are you doing all this, right? Like what is the all-encompassing message? And maybe it becomes a legacy message behind why you're getting on podcasts, why you're talking about all this. What, what would you like to close this out with? Because I think it's important for people to understand that they are products of their childhood, but that they don't have to be. Who you were, who you were taught you were, does not have to define you. Strong points. And your past isn't isn't your fault, but your future is in your hands. Lovely. Yes. See, this is why I ask these questions. I love how you guys close out the show. It makes my life so much easier. Well, listen, hang tight. I'm going <laughs> to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, again, uh, Okay. If you've been inspired at all, motivated, as we talked about just now, motivation and why, you know, please go to Sally G, letter G dot com. Check her out. Uh, yeah, she's in a different time zone. So obviously when you schedule with her, you know, be flexible if you're here in the USA. To be fair, ladies and gentlemen, I never said this before. Uh, Australia is my second most downloaded country uh, off this podcast. So it's USA wow. first, then uh, then Australia and then UK and then European countries. So there, there's a quick little fun segue. Uh, but anyway, check them out, check her out, check her programs out, check her new upcoming podcast out. Real quick, sorry, Sarah, I'm gonna interrupt my closeout. Do you have a name for the new show? Yeah, we've, I've called it Becoming the Light from the Shadows of Abuse. Oh, all right, so there we go, ladies and gentlemen. You just got a sneak peek, so when we air this show, that means you have to go, get on iTunes, get on any of your podcast apps, like, follow, subscribe, do all of it, uh, because this this woman has an amazing story to share, and I have a feeling this new podcast is going to be amazing. I can't wait to hear more. So again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for hanging with us on a 
I don't even know what day it is. It's a Friday. It's a Friday night for me. It's a Saturday for her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, other sides of the world. So again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in again. SallyG.com. Check her out. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Remember, we here, we are here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. And I feel like she truly gave us a lot of nuggets to balance all three of those domains. So thanks for tuning in. And we will talk to you guys again soon. Later. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.